Hey there, authentic leaders. We have some really exciting news for all of you today. In this podcast, we've been exploring living and leading with greater authenticity, a life aligned with what we truly care about. And David and I have found that living authentically leads to increased credibility in our leadership, along with vitality, freedom, meaning, and ultimately driving purpose in our lives. Now, the conversations on these podcasts really are an extension of our authentic leadership retreat, The Other Everest. This is a world-class event where we invite leaders at all levels of organizations and in all walks of life. They come and join us in remote locations where we turn off our devices, where we disconnect and really connect to our hearts and who we truly and authentically want to be as leaders. Now, we're aware that not everyone has the ability to up and go to a leadership retreat, and obviously for so many reasons. And for whatever reason that may be for you, we feel strongly that you should still be able to be a part of this authentic leadership journey. So the really exciting news we have is that the other Everest world-class retreat will now be a world-class online program for you, the authentic leader. This will be a life-changing, transformative online experience. You will be able to do this from anywhere in the world and completely at your own pace. It's a space where you can deepen your commitment to being a leader through increased self-awareness, a stronger and clearer purpose and presence, and where you can join a community of authentic, like-minded leaders who have all embarked on a journey together. That journey is to the other Everest. So stay tuned to the podcast or visit www.davidirvin.com for more information. We look so forward to going on this journey with each and every one of you. And now for your regularly scheduled podcast. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. Our intent in this podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives, and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference, making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. 
She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. All right, well, welcome everyone back for another week of uh, Redefining Authenticity. This is our series of uh, The Road Last Traveled with David Irvin and Allie Stone. And uh, we're super excited to have a special guest here with us this week. And I'll introduce him in a moment, but I just want to uh, explain why he's here. So um, David and I really wanted to bring this gentleman onto our podcast this week because he has shown us a level of vulnerability and authenticity that we haven't seen a lot of uh, in a personal one-on-one -on -one interaction lately. So David and I were uh, looking to hire somebody for our media and marketing. As you know, um, we are putting the other Everest online. Woohoo! This is so exciting. <laughs> but we needed some help and we needed to reach out to our community and find somebody who could help us out with that. Um, so that's what brings us to our guest here today. So the guest we have is Clint Schmidt. Now, I know Clint for, oh, Clint, how long have I known you for? 15 years? <laughs> yeah, close. A long time and we've been on this authentic journey together. Um, but uh, Dave and I collectively decided to bring Clint onto our other Everest team as our marketing specialists. So we thought it would be really neat to bring the listeners in on that journey today and how uh, we came to find Clint and how we came to a place where we wanted Clint to be a part of our team. So I think it was a really uh, interesting journey. And uh, I'm super excited to have you, Clint, here. So I just want to start by saying welcome. Welcome to the team. Thank you. I'm, I'm again, I'm excited. I think I was telling you before we got on here, but I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know exactly where this is going to go, but it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, you never really know. That's okay, though. We just will take you there. Don't worry. <laughs> so I know David really connected with you uh, in, in the process of getting to know you and talking to you about becoming a part of this team. Dave, do you want to chime in with a little bit of why you thought Clint would have been a good guest today? Well, absolutely. Great introduction is always there, Allie. So this is a guy, Clint, with some vision and some passion and who's real. And, you know, we went through a process of saying, what do we really need in a media and marketing person? And there are a lot of really brilliant stars out there mm -hmm. who charge good money, who bring good value, and bring a lot of expertise. And we went through a process of, I went through, a, well, we, we talked to a lot of marketing firms. We talked to a lot of really, really strong people. But there was something about Clint that he's, you know, it's like when you see a good team working together, they're not always the most talented. They don't always have the greatest skills, but there's chemistry that binds them together, this thing called culture. But we were really passionate 
and drawn to you, Clint, because you brought a learning, passionate curiosity to this work. And you brought a belief in this work. You brought a belief in us. And that's what, to me, drew me personally to want to hire you. So I'm interested in getting on board. And I, I remember, Ali, you and I having conversations about where do you find the best talent on your team in your restaurants? And I think, and I, I, I'm going to uh, put words maybe in your mouth. So you have to tell me if I'm wrong. But you said, if I had to choose between attitude and skills, I will choose attitude any day. And the skills we can develop. And so to me, you've got the right fit here, Clint. You've got the right attitude. You've got the right approach. And we're going to learn this together. And we're embarking. You, you just said a few minutes ago, I don't know where this is going to go today. Well, you know, welcome to our lives. Because we, we don't know where this is going to go. This is the authentic journey. Yeah. And we courageously step into this. And we're hiring somebody that is willing to join this imperfectly and curiously and passionately. So that to me is where I'm coming from in this hire. And join us on the road less traveled, right? And as you talk about the um, attitude um, versus the skill, I feel like attitude is an amazing attribute of a leader and Clint brings a really strong leadership presence with him as well. So let's get Clint talking a little bit. <laughs> So, Clint, why don't you maybe introduce yourself a little bit uh, to our listeners and tell them a little bit where you came from, how you ended up in front of us. I know we have a personal connection, but maybe I'll let you explain that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, we uh, I've like Alex said, I've known her for almost 15 years. Um, yeah, I think somewhere around 12 or 13. I was I started at the downtown original Joe's as a part time bartender. And that's where I met her and Chris and Tim and everybody else in our organization. Um, I quickly realized having only worked a little bit in restaurants that that was that original Joe's was a very different group than a lot of other places I'd worked that actually really didn't want to be in hospitality. And here we are 12, 13 years later. And, and I really still don't totally consider myself the same type of hospitality person as other people, but I love the leadership side of it. And I love the people that I work with and for. Um, so fast forward 13 years later, I, you know, I've, operated a store now. I've been in most roles in this company. Um, and I've now had the opportunity to be a managing partner of a location for a few years and kind of realized that, you know, there were some, some spots that I wanted to kind of develop myself in. And I just wanted to have a few other avenues. You know, I realized that I probably don't want to be in a restaurant until midnight on a Friday night on my 40th birthday and, uh, and wanted to do some things that, that could help me you know, move away from the direct operations eventually and and still benefit our company and benefit people I truly care about, um, which led me to taking some courses around marketing and technology. And that is that is sort of how we ended up here technically is that I've I've put in a lot of work. I understand this stuff in theory. Um, and, you know, and then knowing Allie and knowing how passionate she's been about leadership and personal development, and that's always something that's helped me in the last, especially in the last few years since I've come back to the company, um, I have been on a very, very thorough journey of kind of redeveloping myself or re 
refinding myself, reteaching myself some of this stuff. Um, and, and that's made a huge difference in my life. And I, I want to help Allie specifically do that. And that obviously brought me to meeting you, Dave, and that, you know, just even in our interview, I could tell how seriously you took this and that this wasn't something that you are just doing because it's something you've done is that you feel like you have a lot left to give and that you have a lot that's still out there on the table. And yeah, after going through the material, after reading the other Everest and, you know, and listening to the podcast, I was like, this is, this is stuff that resonates with me immensely. So it made it, it made it a really easy decision to make on my end. Obviously I was thrilled that somebody would even give me the opportunity around doing this. Like you said, I, I don't know this in the same way that a marketing firm does. I don't have years of experience and understand all the technical ins and outs and, you know, exactly how the algorithm works on Instagram or anything like that. But what I do know is that I, I care about what it is we're talking about and I care about people and I, you know, I want to help anyone get their message out there and, and realize the value in that. So that's, that's, thrilling for me it's yeah it's incredibly exciting to be on this journey and that somebody will will take the chance on me clint i have to, I, there's so much i want to ask you today um about your own journey and about what brought you here could you just speak for a moment about what you learned sir first of all you're a general manager of yeah. a restaurant for ali's company and i'm wondering if you could speak about what you learned about culture in that environment and how you're going to adapt what you learned about culture into our culture here. So, you know, not very cliche, but culture is kind of everything, especially in our company, but coming from another restaurant prior to Joe's to, to where I am now and having actually taken a brief hiatus in between trying to find myself a little bit more opportunity and seeing what else is out there. I feel like I grew up in original Joe's and that was, part of why the company I'd gone to was, you know, about the worst corporate culture I've ever seen or, or been around in my life. And yeah, I just, I just realized that, you know, I would rather be in a situation where culture was more important all of the time because all the other stuff comes with it. Right. We, we talk about our purpose of taking care of people. And, and I use this example in, in orientations I do, or when I'm talking with staff is like, if everybody just made decisions around that, inside of our restaurant, you know, your inventory even gets counted better than it was before because that person takes pride and realizes they're doing it to help someone else, right? To take care of, you know, the business so that we can look after the people that own the business so that we can look after the guests better, right? We need to, we need to have those things aligned um, properly so that, so that we can look after these people that, that put so much care, care into us, right? Every guest, drives by any food establishment to come to our restaurant, they, they probably drove by, you know, five to 10 places easily that sell them food and drink. Right. And so it's, you know, culture for us is everything because it is what drives the, the real hospitality of that business, if that makes sense. Um, versus, you know, we're not just putting food and drink on the table. It's, it's about creating an experience for these people. We were talking just prior to getting on this. Right. And it's like, you know, it's, it's hard in restaurants right now. We're wearing masks, we're doing all these things. And it's, so it's harder to show just how much you care about that person, right? You can't smile in the same way that you used to. You have to be so much more conscious of how you're interacting. You know, you can't even inflect emotions into your voice in the same way because it's so muffled, right? So 
um, you know, culture, culture is what drives our business. And it's really what drives every business, whether it's good or bad culture, right? People don't realize that. But if you've got a bad culture, that is what's making your business head in the direction that it is heading. If you don't like where it's going, you know, and this comes back to, you know, to an individual is that, you know, I need to own the culture in my store. I need to own the part I play in the culture in our company, you know, and I need to own the part I'm going to play in this group, right? And and developing the culture here. Um, and if everybody takes that and just, you know, just lives by the value and the vision and the purpose, you end up with a far better culture. And I think that's something we've truly done as I, you know, I know and have countless countless examples inside of our company with Original Joe's where a sacrifice has been made in a business sense to actually benefit the culture. And, you know, and now, you know, you look back on those decisions that maybe happened six, eight, 10 years ago, and you can see how valuable that was, but probably an incredibly hard decision to make, you know, at that time for whoever had to make it. So for me, that culture piece and what, and what I bring is that, you know, I, I started, I think I was 23, 22 years old when I started running a restaurant. I grew up playing, playing basketball. It's actually what moved me to Edmonton as I played at Nate for a couple of years. And I am not your prototypical basketball player. I'm well under six feet. I, you know, I'm, I, I don't have some of the physical attributes that you might find in a typical basketball player. And so I did build myself around being a part of a team, being an extension of the coach and, and helping put people in the best possible situation to succeed. I don't think I ever averaged more than like 10, 11 points playing basketball, but I always averaged, you know, that many assists, if not more, um, because that's what I like to do. I wanted to help people be in the right spot to, to, to do whatever they were going to do well. Right. Um, and I feel like my role as an operator in a restaurant is the same way. My job is to just put the right butts in the right seats and, and kind of let them go and do, do what it is they're so great at. Right. I'm not, I'm not here to lean over a server, a bartender, a cook and make sure they're doing their job right. They know how to do that well better than I do. I can barely roll a turkey wrap for my life, to be totally honest. Um, and it's the same thing here, right? As I, I want to take what I've learned in having to develop a culture. The store I took over was, was not the most ideal situation moving into it when I first took it over. And so that was something we really had to work at. We had to set some boundaries and say, this is the hill we're going to die on. This is the type of place we're going to be. And we're going to look after each other. And, you know, and, and that's what I offer coming, coming to the other Everest is that I am here to do everything I can to the word that's been coming to my mind lately is amplify. Like I'm not here to, you've been doing this well longer than I've, you know, even understood exactly what personal development is and there's so much I can learn from you in that sense but what I can do is find a find a way to get that out there to more people to help more people right I can amplify the voice of yourself the voice of Allie um, and just be another advocate you know as proof to what you guys are talking about and how valuable it is um, and you know and that, that it isn't the easiest thing to do because it's a lot more inner you know inner and personal than you know than the fun pieces of leadership like you know, the raw, raw, exciting, exciting pieces. So yeah, that's something that's a journey I've been on myself for the last two years, especially. And, and yeah, it's just something that resonates so big. So my, my goal is to bring that to our culture. So as Allie and I will attest, a big part of our work is to have 
leaders explore their own authentic journey and go back in their lives and, and, and look at the defining moments that have made them who they are and to reframe some of their ordeals into saying they're actually become gifts to be able to develop what you offer the world. You've, you've talked about it being on a journey the last couple of years. Could you walk us through some of your defining moments? You talked about basketball. Uh, what has made you, Clint, who you are today? And particularly in the last couple of years, but you may, you may go uh, back before that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I've, I've told these stories to people before. There's some, you know, I was living out of my truck at 19 years old and I used to, I used to blame everybody else for kind of the situation I was in. And that was kind of the first place I took some ownership and realized like, I just wasn't a very good kid at that age. You know, I wasn't doing anything terrible. I wasn't on drugs or anything, but I was just angry. I was upset about things that had happened in my life. And when I turned that part around and I took ownership over that is when I actually got the opportunity to, to come to Edmonton and play basketball at Nate. Um, you know, and a lot of those things, you know, at that age, that it was a couple of years after that, that I started with Joe's and that's where the journey really started in personal development, because I finally found people that were also on that journey and wanted to bring me along with them. So yeah, so I have a daughter that is three and a half years old and I've been back at Joe's for just over two years. Um, and it's really around that time that this all started because I'd been in a really poor corporate culture for about a year that, you know, looking back now, like at the time I didn't see it, but looking back now, it, it really degraded me personally. I was angrier. I was so afraid. I, you know, I was so nervous about other people and the decisions they would make and, you know, and that they weren't being truthful or honest with me. And I, I'd taken for granted what I'd had with Joe's prior to that. Right. Um, so there's actually a conversation Allie and I had, I think I've been back for about four to six months and it was a more stern conversation. Just like, you know, Clint, you need to get, get yourself together here a little bit. And that was a bit of the start of it from a, from a work situation. But I also realized that I had slowly, you know, I've never, I've never been anywhere near an alcoholic. I wouldn't say that, but you know, I totally just gotten to the point where I was taking the easy road, every single chance I could get. If there was a piece of cake, I was eating it. You know, I was having a beer, maybe two beers a night, never really more than that, but every night, seven days a week. Um, you know, I wasn't exercising very often. I go play basketball every once in a while, but like I wasn't even doing that. Um, and I just, just physically had eroded quite a bit and, and that affected me mentally. And so I read, I read a book called Atomic Habits. Um, and, and that book definitely like is the catalyst to, to changing my life because just prior to reading that book, I'd actually, I'd carried my daughter up the stairs and I was like super winded and exhausted. And I was like, this is, this is silly. Um, and then not too long after that happened, we, I had like a coffee, I had something in my head, a drink in my hand in the morning. It was like nine o'clock in the morning. And Katie asked me if it was a beer and I was like appalled that she would ask that. And then I realized I was like, well, you know, she sees me in the evening most of the time because usually I'm at work otherwise. And that's, that's what might be in my hand. And I just realized that, you know, that I didn't want her to ever think that again. And my favorite thing now is that you know, she asked me, daddy, are we going to do some ab work? Like, are we doing ab work or whatever? Are we going to work out? And it's like, you know, so that, that was kind of the other big catalyst is that I knew that I had to lead by example for the people that were important to me. Um, and I knew that I wasn't aligned internally 
with who I was externally. Like who I was externally, who I was on the outside wasn't who I thought of myself. And so that created a lot of tension inside of me. So um, yeah, there's those couple of moments that are kind of the defining finding moments that just made me realize, um, you know, what it, what it was I needed to be. And that I've, you know, like kind of the piece I talk about with my team is that, you know, your internal has to align with your external for you to truly be authentic. It's actually something that you talk about in your book. Um, and, and so I just, I just ran with that and I took atomic habits and I used that as the framework to help start to change my life. Right. So instead of, it used to be the guy that like, I could, you know, I can go big, I can go and play basketball after having not played for a month and, and beat up on some guys and play really well, but I'd be hurting for a week. And because I would just do this big thing and I do it all and I go so hard and I just overwhelm myself and then be exhausted. And I realized, you know, I have to provide myself the energy and I have to provide myself the foundation. And so I started, you know, physically, I started with five push-ups and five sit-ups. Um, mentally, I started reading 10 pages a day and I've now read a minimum of 10 pages every single day for the better part of a year. I started journaling and uh, it's Daniel, Daniel Pink, I think, um, the author of Drive, or maybe it's Essentialism by Greg McCown. Um, one of those guys, they talk about like write less than you want to. And so that's how I started journaling. I started, I was like, I only allowed myself to write a sentence for like, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks. And those things, which kind of ties to Atomic Habit, really helped me set kind of the foundation of what helped me start the journey, which has really taken place over the last year. But that first year was about setting the foundation of doing those things, right? Physically, I've made a massive transformation in the last year. Um, and then secondarily, you know, I do think, you know, mentally I've become, you know, far more authentic, far more real and, and a much better leader because of those things. What do you think, so this is a little bit more of a specific question and might be obvious to people who do this every day, um, but what do you think journaling does for you? And like, how does that set you up for your day? I think this is really good to share with people who don't do it or who are thinking about starting it and not sure if it's worth the time commitment um, because I've seen an amazing result off it too, but I'm curious what your opinion is on it. So it's, I, it does two things for me because I, I journal in the morning now and I journal at night and I, I actually journal in the morning on my phone. So I have an app called, called gratitude um, or grateful and it's super simple. There's three prompts I have on there. And one of them, you know, is what are three things you're grateful for? Um, the second one is what is the intention you want to set for today? Um, and then the third one is kind of just more tied to, to focus, right? What are you going to focus on? Right. So kind of a more, you know, whether it's, you know, I'm going to focus on my physical well-being today, or I've got this employee to train, like, and so I do that in my phone, because then it's always with me. And I can look back on it during the day, right? If I feel like I've lost a little bit of focus or intention, I can, I can take a look at that, right? I can just pop it open. I actually have it remind me to look at it um, three times a day, typically. Um, in the evening, I write. So I write it in a book. Um, I do feel like there's I don't know if primal is the right word, but something so important about putting pen to paper when I get stressed out, that's actually what I do with my to-do list. Like I don't, I have, I typically use apps cause then it's always with me. Um, but if I'm like feeling a little nervous about the amount of stuff I have to get done, I'll take five minutes and I'll write it down and not like on pen on paper. So in the evening, it's a bit more kind of letting go of the day. If that makes sense, like getting, getting the stuff out of my monkey brain. Um, 
and allowing myself to sort of trap it on the paper if that I don't like does that make sense I don't know if I'm explaining that as well as I could but and that's that's about it again you know evening sometimes it's a whole page and sometimes it's you know two sentences and it's just me telling myself you need to go to sleep and and you need to be better at going to bed because that's like probably the last thing that I'm not very good at from a personal routine so we talk about leadership Clint is being a presence, not a position. You don't get promoted to being a leader. You have to earn it. Leadership isn't about the size of your office or the letters behind your name. It's about who you are as a person. And it starts, well, it can start many places. You've illustrated leadership here. But a a key component of leadership, as you know, is you got to have a why. Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Very few people have an answer to that. Other than, you know, we get up and, and get dressed and do what we need to do, what's in front of us. So how does your why align with the why of our organization here? And how would you describe your why? What is your vision? What's your reason for being? I'm going to put you on the I, spot. Yeah, I, uh, I was trying to write some stuff down before this because I knew something along these lines would come up. and. Um, I've actually, to some degree, I like, I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on this why that it stresses people out. Like, not to say that I don't think it's important, but some people spend so much time trying to, to find that they don't realize that it's, it's in the work, right? Like you, you know, I think actually you had a quote in your book about Michelangelo and like, he's like, David was already in there. I just had to carve out all the stuff, right? Like I just had to get, get all of that out of the way. Um, and yeah, so that the thing I have learned over and over and over again, over the last two years, especially, but throughout my life, when I look back at every good moment versus every bad moment, it's the days I was willing to kind of go headlong into the uncomfortable, into the hard stuff, you know, put the extra hours in, do the extra thing that I didn't want to do that didn't benefit me. Um, you know, the willingness to put hard work in is when things have gotten really good and and get really easy, right? You can't want it to be easy. You have to seek out the hard for it to become easy, right? The the line I've been using lately is like nobody nobody realizes it, but you don't pick up weight, like you don't go to the gym or you don't run, you don't do anything, but the gym specifically, you don't pick up more weight to be able to lift 20 pounds easier. You pick up 20 pounds to eventually be able to lift 25 pounds and 30 pounds to do to do more right so my my why is I think very aligned with what you've talked about um, between the podcast and the books um, is to help people realize that it's their job to find their way um, and that it's like it's a completely imperfect completely imperfect journey and it's completely okay to, to stumble all over the place. You know, you're kind of just wandering around in a dark room trying to find a light switch every once in a while. Right. So yeah, for me, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm articulating this as well as I could, but yeah, my why is, is a, is about helping people realize that if they own what they want to do and they truly understand that, you know, wanting 
you know, wanting the end result isn't enough. You have to want to do the work in between to get to the end result. Um, and if we all kind of realize those things that we would be in a far better place. And, you know, that's exactly what you talk about, right? It's going deep versus high. And, and I went, you know, I, I literally left a company of people I love. I remember bawling after handing in my notice and just being so upset and like probably knowing then that it was the wrong decision. Um, but it ended up being the right decision because I really learned that like going up is just, it's not that it's not fruitless. There's a time and a place and it's important, but it doesn't, it's not fulfilling. Right. I went to that company. I made more money. I had more status. You know, I had a big title. I had all the things and I was, I'd never been more upset in my life. And I had to swallow a lot of pride. I came back, you know, from having director in my title to being a general manager to running one small location, a hundred seats, right? These places I was opening were 300, 400, 500 employee places. Right. Um, but I just realized that I, like, I wanted to be a part of people I could take care of. And, you know, and that as an extension, obviously is, you know, as Ali's brought me to you and she's somebody I care so deeply about and I know how much she cares about you and I get to, I get to help with that. Right. So again, it comes back to kind of what I said earlier about being able to amplify um, people that need to be heard and, you know, and, and you've done that with your podcast and yeah, I just, that's, that's a big, big piece of my why is, is helping people figure out how to do it themselves. So I think you described that really well. Um, I, th I think a lot of people come to me and the work that Ali and I do thinking, well, I want to find my purpose. And the implication there is that I'm sitting waiting at a, tr at a train station for the right train to come along. And when, I, when the right train yeah. comes along, I'm going to jump on. And they keep waiting and they keep waiting and they keep trying to figure it out. And what I think you've demonstrated today and in the t short time that I've gotten to know you over the last past few weeks is you're just going to jump on and we're going to create our destiny together. And we, we know we all have a purpose here to amplify the impact of people who want to make a difference. And we want to connect people with their authentic self so that they can do that. Beyond that, we're going to create our destiny on this train. So I just want to thank you as we wrap this up today for jumping on this train together and let's see where we can take this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited and very humbled to a be a part of it and be, you know, having been invited on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of the other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time, as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. 
Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us until we meet again. Thank you.